Thank you. This morning, if you have your Bibles with, with you, would you please open to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. We're going to camp out in that verse this morning. Before we do, i got to say, as, as I was listening to our, our worship team and the songs they selected today, I'm just reminded of how blessed we are as a congregation, the talent and the, and the people that we have who lead our music ministries. And as our choir does an amazing job every week uh, to provide a beautiful song for us. And as we have a team of hymn leaders who pick beautiful hymns and lead us in hymns, we're a blessed congregation. And it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says when he says we're a, we're a body and we need to function together. And every one of us is a part of that body and has a special place and purpose. Um, <clears throat> speaking of purpose, there was a police officer who, uh, well, he was a recruit. You know, he was going through the academy, and he was at his final exam. And he was in this large classroom at this final exam, and a sergeant was asking him a final question. As everybody looked on and waited to hear his response to this question. And so the sergeant asked him if... You had to arrest your mother-in-law. What would you do? Without missing a beat, he said, I'd call for backup. <laughs> now, that's, of course, a joke. Many of you here, if you are a mother-in-law, I have no doubt you are awesome and amazing. Don't beat me up afterwards for, for my joke. <laughs> but... This morning, we're, we're going to talk about growing in faith through trials. We're continuing this series on the heart of discipleship, all right? And if you've, if you've missed any of these, you can go back on the website, get caught up. We talked about a lot of things. But one of the things that I've argued for is that I believe there is a difference between calling ourselves Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. A lot of people identify with Christianity, but not many of them are necessarily following Jesus. And there are some things that I think the heart of discipleship speaks on. And today we're talking about growing in faith through trials. And I will tell you uh, that every time I feel like I, I need to preach on this, I, dis, I just, I'm not looking forward to it. I think one of the most unpopular sermons you can preach on is... <laughs> Growing in faith through trials. Because who wants to go through trials? I don't. And you probably do not as well. But as Christians, we often will face trials. And guess what? It's not for Christians only, is it? Everybody faces trials. Everybody goes through difficulties. Everybody goes through hardships in their lives. And it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. He goes on to emphasize that he's not going to boast about, or he will boast about this because it's Christ's power that resides in him. And so it's important for us to remember that in the midst of trials. When you feel weak, when you feel defeated, when you feel hopeless, like most of us probably do when we're going through a trial, his power is perfected in our weakness. Our passage today, 1 Peter 5.10, is a passage that provides us an assurance that God's grace is sufficient for every trial. Let me say that again. God's grace is sufficient for every trial. Say it with me. God's grace is sufficient for every trial. And this is true. But we all go through trials. 
We're all going through some difficult times. And it's up to us what we want to do in those trials. We can let the fires of this life destroy us or we can let the fires of this life refine us and grow us. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, I'm convinced that even though talking about trials is not popular, the reminder is, is when we get through these trials, we are strengthened, we grow. We grow in these things. So I don't like talking about faith and trials, not just because, you know, it's not popular, but because it's challenging. But all the challenging things in life are the things that are worth us being a part of and doing. It would be easier for me to come up here on a Sunday and just say, hey, as soon as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you get to walk through the Garden of Eden and you can go tra-la-la-la, holding God's hand and just, you know, pretend everything is peachy king. But I'd be lying to you. The reality is, is you're still going to have difficulties. You're still going to have trouble. You will. And that's that's what we got to talk about today. Because even in the midst of those trials and those difficulties and those troubles, God is doing something. Just like God's doing something here in this church right now, something new. He's doing something through these. The Apostle Peter, he writes this to a a body of believers, Christians who are scattered all across Asia Minor. They're dealing with faith, uh, persecution of their faith. They're going through suffering. They're going through trials. Uh, they're dealing with emperors who absolutely hate Christianity, all right? And they're out to get them. They're dealing with some trials. Not only that, they're also dealing with a pagan culture that wants to cause them to conform to the culture. Gosh, it sounds a lot like what we deal with even today, doesn't it? Right, People who don't like Christianity, people who want us to conform, people who don't want us to stand out like we're called to, but fit in with the rest of the world. And that's the pressures that we're facing, just like the disciples Peter was writing to then. So it applies to us. But Peter writes this to encourage and to strengthen them. Led by the Holy Spirit, he writes something to remind us that God's unfailing grace is our hope. It's our ultimate hope. So he writes this text to us this morning, 1 Peter 5.10, that says, Now the God of all grace who calls you to eternal glory in Christ Jesus will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. And then there's that part that we all wish we could just white out, right? After you've suffered a little. After you've suffered a little. We're going to unpack, unpack a few key points this morning from this text. Before we get into that, though, what is God's grace? It's the God of all grace that does these things. What is God's grace? The Oxford uh, Dictionary says God's grace in Christian belief is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. That's God's grace. Quite simply put, it's something we are given that we don't deserve, that God gives to us. And that's the the God of all grace. And it leads me this morning to this passage in the midst of trials and troubles. And some of us would honestly be able to say, I'm not even going through just a mere trial. You know, maybe sometimes we think, well, a trial's more like an obstacle course you have to overcome, right? 
Some of us are going through suffering right now. Whether it's something physical you're dealing with that you've never had to deal with before. Or maybe it's something emotional you're fighting, right? Maybe it's something financial you're dealing with. There's a number of things that we're going through. And for some of us today, it's not merely just a trial, but something we're suffering through. And I'd like to leave you with a few things to remind you of God's grace in the midst of that this morning. The first point this morning is that the God of grace restores us. Right? 1 Peter 5.10 says just that. The God of all grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will personally restore. God's grace restores us. The word restore means to make something whole or complete again. What an interesting thought. That restoration comes from God. comes from the grace of God who is able to mend our brokenness and make us new. And he does that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We can receive forgiveness from our sins and be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 18 through 19 says, Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through, through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Let me pause there for a moment. God has reconciled us to him, but then he gave all of us a ministry. A ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means it's not just the pastor that steps up on a Sunday morning, but it's all of us that are ministers of reconciliation. If you struggle with anger, if you struggle with hatred, if this is an inner battle of yours, let me tell you, this is a time to be praying over that because God has made you a minister of reconciliation. And when we're angry, it's hard to reconcile things, isn't it? (laughs) I know when I'm upset, I kind of make a bigger mess it's like kicking a wildfire into a, a, a dry uh, gr- uh, plain, right? It just spreads. We are ministers of reconciliation. Verse 19 continues. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. So we are now messengers of the reconciliation of God as well. We're messengers of the gospel. Imagine with me for a moment, so God, God restores us. The grace of God restores us. Imagine a potter. If, we ha- if I had the money, I would buy one of those cool pottery things and sit here and make something beautiful for you guys this morning just to illustrate the point. But I'll do a picture instead because I made something in pottery class when I was growing up. I did this at, I think I was about 22 or 23. (laughs) No, I think I was like 8 or 10, I don't know, in art class. But when we talk about God restores us, it's like a potter, okay? When he is forming that clay into a vase, but the vase has a crack in it. Maybe that clay didn't form how it was supposed to. What does he do? He brings his skilled hands back around to shape it just how it's supposed to be. He's intentional in restoring that vase. That was supposed to be a mug. I wouldn't put coffee in it. My mom probably doesn't. I think what she does is she puts pens and pencils in it. Even then, I don't know how secure it'll be. 
I was joking with uh, one of our youth this morning saying, hey, I got a picture to show you just to prove I'm not artistic with my hands. And I'm not. But when we feel broken and defeated, friends, we can trust God's grace to restore us. God brings restoration in our brokenness. And one of the greatest messages we have for this world is that that's true for them too. They just need the God of grace in their life. Amen? The second thing is, is the God of grace establishes us, right? After he says he will personally restore, he says he will establish us. This means, get to my notes, this means to strengthen or to make firm. Keep, keep with me on this, this uh, idea of the potter. Make strength, uh, strengthen or to make firm. In the midst of our trials, it's hard to realize that you are in the, the potter's fire. When I got done making that atrocity and the teacher allowed it to go forward for who knows what reason, uh, the emphasis was, okay, now we're going to take these things. And w- when I was done, it was still very flimsy. Now, believe it or not, that thing is not still like Play-Doh where you can move it around. It's solid, uh, solid-ish. Um, <clears throat> But so she said, the next step is now we're going to put it in the kiln. It's going to go through the fire. And when it comes out, it will be hardened. And it is. To this day, the thing is solid. <laughs> it will still hold pens and pencils, just not liquids. Which is what I made it for. Um, but that's exactly what God establishing us does. He is bringing us through the fires of life, not to destroy us. To make us firm in our faith. To strengthen us. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. <coughs> I put two verses in there. <laughs> Whoops. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. God's, God's work in us and establishing us is to make us strong, friends. To strengthen us. And sometimes the message isn't popular to hear that you're going to go through trials. But the message is true in letting you know he's doing this for a reason. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to strengthen us in our faith. He wants us to be able to trust us even when it's hard. It's like a builder. If any of you have ever been in construction, I think about when you're, you're putting up walls. You want to you generally have something to brace that wall and keep it up, right? Or think of it this way. You have a friend who physically is weak and can't stand anymore, and you're standing behind them and you're pushing them up. That's exactly what God is doing for us. It's exactly what he does in the midst of our trials. He's standing behind you and holding you up, establishing you. Though we will face trials in this life, God is seeking to strengthen your faith. He wants to produce a resolve in you where you are established in your faith. Where even when the world comes to try and knock you down and kick you around, you'll be able to stand tall because of the grace of God that has has been given to you. Our third and final point this morning is, is God's grace, the God of grace strengthens and supports us. He strengthens and supports us. Now the word strengthens here means something a little bit different than just merely being firm on the outside, it means an inner strength. 
an inner strength and courage that would come from God's grace. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians 4.13 where it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now I've heard a lot of people take this text out of context, right? And well, I can do this because Christ will strengthen me in it. And, and, and I can fly because Christ will strengthen me. And we, I can lift a thousand pound dumbbell because Christ will strengthen me. No. What the Apostle Paul is saying is when I go through these trials and these difficulties, whatever it is I got to go through with Christ, he will give me strength, right? It is Christ's power in us when we are weak. He will give us inner strength and resolve to press on. And lastly, he says he will support us. This means to bear or to carry, to uphold the thought that every one of us is carrying a pack that weighs more than we can handle. And God's saying, I'll carry that for you. I'll take that weight upon you. The burdens you have in your life right now are mine. Just give them to me. 1 Peter 5 says, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. He will support you. I think of the imagery of a tree with deep roots. Those roots help the tree stay strong so that in the midst of the winds of life that are seeking to blow you over, you'll be firm. You'll have that strength and that support that only comes from God. It will keep you whether you're dealing with a physical, emotional, or spiritual issue, or maybe it's all of the above, whatever it may be. Maybe right now some of you are facing persecution. I've experienced that in my own family. Some who judge you because you're a Christian. Oh, how could you believe that? Or shame on you. You really think that's true, right? Whatever it is, God wants to bring you strength and support in that. Peter reminds us that it is the God of all grace that does this for us. In our greatest moments of weakness, when we need strength, that's when God's showing up. He's here to comfort us. He just wants us to trust that he will restore and establish, strengthen and support us. But now, as recipients of that grace, we have a responsibility. You're you're carrying God's grace in your life. And now we need to be a people of God's grace. We need to be a people that gives that grace to others. Wow, is that hard. The God who has given grace to me says that I need you to give grace to those that are hard to give grace to. Because chances are they're suffering in a way that we don't even know. Even the most difficult people in our lives deserve God's grace. And he wants us to show them his grace. We are bearers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they need to know God's grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, You are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's God's gift. Now it's our time to give that gift to someone else who needs it. It's our time to be that testimony of God's grace. Here's how God has restored me. Here's how God has established me. Here's how God has strengthened me. Here's how God has supported me. And I want you to know that that grace is for you too. We're image bearers. And we need to share that message with others. 
Peter reminds us and encourages us of, of something in this life that sometimes we forget in the midst of trials, and that is, is that our trials are temporary. Our eternity is forever. I know that sometimes it's hard to go through suffering and it's hard to go through trials, but they are temporary, my friends. Eternity is forever. Tell someone else about it. Let your neighbor or your friend or or your family member who just seems apprehensive to Christianity, let them know that the God of grace loves them and that there's hope in the midst of whatever they're going through. Let's be a people about God's grace, amen? Amen. Would you join me this morning in prayer as we close? Father, I thank you for this church and these believers who are here to worship and grow in your word. And and Lord, I pray that we would carry your spirit with us this morning as you dismiss us. Lord, that we would be a people of your grace and that we would bestow that grace upon others even when it's hard. Lord, I pray that in the midst of trials that we would remember we are going through the fires to refine us, to strengthen us. You are a God of all grace who restores and establishes, who strengthens and supports. Lord, let us, let us show that grace. I pray it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. All right, Amy is gonna lead us in a closing hymn. And before she does, I would ask you to stand with me as I share the benediction. After the benediction and the hymn, come join us for fellowship for coffee and cookies. The love of our Heavenly Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. May the God of all grace be what strengthens and supports and establishes and restores you and brings that message to the world that needs it so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Page 299, Amazing Grace. We'll just sing verse 1.